Okay, so recently I was thinking, um, what is the point in following Jesus? Like, what is the point in Jesus at all? Because um, I'm thinking, I find it uncomfortable sometimes when I'm talking to people about Jesus, being like, I have to convince them that they're a sinner, and then I have to like tell them about forgiveness and stuff, and I have to tell them about the cross. And I think that all is true, but I just don't find that's like a great way to introduce people to Jesus. So I'm like, well, what else is there? that he offers, what is the point? I was like, you know what, one of the things is he tells us what God is like. Um, so, here's the uh, philosophy bit, right? If I'm going to talk, there's going to be philosophy bits. So, nowadays, our concept of God, right, it's kind of fused with this idea of goodness. Like, we can't really conceive of God without thinking, oh, almighty, all good, all that kind of stuff, right? That's just how in our um, Judeo-Christian society. That's how, we, that's how we view it. It wasn't always like that, obviously. Um, and it isn't always like that in other places around the world. So one of the things that I think Jesus brings to us is that he shows us that God is good. Very simple. In fact, the, some of the biblical writers are very aware of the need for this. So in 1 John uh, 1, 5, I think, it says, this is the message that we proclaim. It's like, this is the basics. This is what we're telling you. That God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So they're just very basic saying, look, this is our message that Jesus has told us. God is good. That's all it is. It's not bad, is it? And historically, yes, we've had to learn that. But I think even nowadays, I, that's like my biggest spiritual like battle, the biggest part of my journey, just realising again and again that God is good and that he loves me. How does Jesus achieve this thing of showing us what God is like? We're talking about encounters. So you know the story in the, uh, in the Bible about the woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. Um, what happens is there's a big crowd. Um, everyone's pressing around Jesus. This woman sneaks up behind him um, because she's had this issue for like however many years. She spent all her money on doctors. She's at her last end. She thinks, if I touch Jesus' clothes, then I'll be healed of this long-term illness. Lo and behold, she sneakily touches him. She can feel in her body that she's been healed. And she trusts what she feels in her body. Then Jesus turns around and says something to her. So, do I do the tangent bit about menstruation do you guys want that we want that we want the overview okay do you mind if i sit down is that okay when i when i teach i never stand up i find it a bit aggressive <laughs> i prefer to sit um yeah so this woman right has been bleeding for 12 years and what happened is when she touched jesus in the culture in the like jewish law she made him unclean she made him ritually unclean and that meant he couldn't go to temple for the day. And so when she touches him, um, and Jesus turns around and says, who on earth touched me? She thinks she's going to get told off, I think. Because she says, oh, I've... Um, what does the text say? She, she came in fear and trembling when he's like, who touched me? She's like, oh, shoot, I'm in trouble here. Um, but obviously Jesus turns around and he says to her, well done. Your faith has made you well. He's not mad at all. He's actually really kind. And so um, that is the way in this story that Jesus cleans up her image of God. 
She thinks he's going to tell her off for doing something bad. And he doesn't do that at all. He doesn't even take the glory himself. He doesn't say, look at this great thing I've done for you. He says, your faith has made you well. And he like, bigs up the woman, which is really great. Um, so that's basically the whole thing. And then that's the whole talk. Jesus cleans up our image by like just being super lovely when we expect God to be horrible. Um, side piece on menstruation. That's going to happen now. So when we say, um, oh, she touched Jesus because she was bleeding and it made him unclean, that sounds very anti-feminist, doesn't it? I'm like, oh, flip, that makes it sound like women are dirty, doesn't it? And obviously having periods isn't like a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's not like um, we all rejoice and are like, yeah, this was great. But I think there is a way of reading this text that says that that isn't a dirty, unholy thing. They made Jesus unclean. Here's a way that I think we can read that text. So there's a bit of evidence in like the rabbinic literature that, do you know what I mean by rabbinic literature? It's stuff that happened like after Jesus, when all the like Jewish people were talking about the law. So when they were discussing which books were scripture or not, they would say, do they make the hands unclean? And if the answer was yes... It was scripture. So you'd say, does this, I know, it's, you'd think it'd be the other way around, but it's not. So is, uh, does the scroll of Ecclesiastes make the hands unclean? And they'd say, well, yes, it's scripture, so it does. So this thing which is very, very holy, if you touch it, makes you unclean, ritually unclean. And now also in the Old Testament, blood is something which um, is very, very holy. It's holy because it has life in it. And all of that belongs to God. And so when you touch blood, you become ritually unclean. And so I think when this woman is touching Jesus, it's not because she's unholy, but because there is something profoundly holy in like, um, in like women's like menstrual cycle, something profoundly holy about that, that has made him ritually unclean. But it doesn't mean it's like dirty. It means it's because there's something profoundly holy going on, like scripture is holy. That's my reading. The problem with that reading is that the biblical texts and the rabbinic texts that I'm using are very far apart in time, so that might make it not a good reading, but there you go. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Um, Yeah, so we're going to move into a bit of... It's going to work. Yeah, a bit of time of reflection. So there's just an audio recording that Abby's done for us. So I would say, make sure you're sitting comfortably. Um, Should probably do this, but you know, you might want to close your eyes and you might not. Um, But we'll have a time of quiet. Um, It's about 12 minutes, just so you know what to expect. And why don't you take a moment just to find a comfortable position one that you'll be able to be attentive, but relaxed. And take a moment just to settle into the, the seat that you are in. The space around you. What can you hear?
and taking a few deep breaths, allowing it to fill your body. And as you do so, imagining you're breathing in God's love. And as you breathe out, you're breathing out any anything you would like to share with God or let go of. And now imagine that God is looking at you. What do you see? How do you feel? And God asks you the question this morning, what is it that you want? What is it that you desire or are hoping for? And we bring ourselves to the scene, to the story. And Jesus has already been spoken to by Jairus about his daughter. He has asked Jesus, in fact, he's got on his knees to ask him to come, to come to heal her. And Jesus is making his way through the crowd and the crowd is pressing against him. And within the crowd, there is a woman, a woman who has tried to hide in the crowd. It works well for her. Nobody can see her. Because she's been afflicted for many years by bleeding. At that time, bleeding meant that she was deemed unclean. She would have to keep away. She'd be unable to enter the temple to meet with God. She'd be ostracised from the community. And I wonder whether you can spot her in the crowd. I wonder if you could see her moving 
because she spotted Jesus. And as you're looking, maybe drawing attention to the sounds of the crowd, the atmosphere, the temperature. And any smells. And who are you in the scene? Are you an observer? Are you one of the crowd? Or are you another character? Perhaps a disciple? or Jairus, or even the woman. Who are you? And you see the woman speedily making her way towards Jesus. And I wonder what she's thinking. Can you see her face? And she gets nearer and she's close enough now to reach out her hand. And she touches the hem of Jesus' cloak. And she notices straight away something has changed. She feels it. She feels the bleeding has stopped. Can you see it on her face? On her body? she has been healed but Jesus notices something has happened he senses the power has gone from him and he's looking around to find out who who has touched him And he's not giving up. And he asks, who has touched me? And the woman bravely steps forward. And what happens next? Watch their interaction. How does he look at her?
And what's it like for her? And you hear Jesus say, Take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. Notice her face. And do they say anything else to each other? And you watch as they say goodbye. As Jairus, make, as Jairus and Jesus make their way to the house. And perhaps you stay with the woman for a little longer. Or you go with Jesus to find the girl. I'll leave you for a few more moments. As the story comes to an end. we bring ourselves back into the room we are in. Our breath that fills our lungs. Our body sitting in the chair. Our feet on the floor. say together. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. One of the questions I've got here is, um, 
how might we be like the woman in the story, but also where that might not be sort of where where that contemplation went for you. So, yeah, maybe my question would just be like, what what did you notice? Like, what was new in that for you this morning? Um, just have, yeah, just maybe like five minutes or so can talk with somebody about that experience. And if you don't want to share, that's also fine. <laughs> <laughs>